What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. We are an independent Star Trek podcast where we talk all things happening in the Star Trek franchise. I'm David Majors, my co-host, the fantastic Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up, David? We are almost there. We're almost there. We almost have new Star Trek to talk about, but we actually have some exciting old Star Trek that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast today. So we I'm really haven't. excited for this discussion. I'm really excited, too. Uh, as I like to say as often as I can, we got a lot of Star Trek to talk about. And as we get closer and closer to shows that have been in production uh, starting to actually be out and, and airing, uh, we, we have a chance to go over some news and, and talk a little bit. Now, for new listeners of the podcast, we do it in sort of a style where we're sitting on the promenade and we're, we're going to start with, uh, the old business. And for old business, it's essentially everything in the kind of classic Star Trek space, everything up to and including the Kelvin movies. And we're going to talk about one of the Kelvin movies in a little bit. But first of all, Heather, um, since we last did episode 33 of the podcast, I noticed something very interesting that, that really is very near and dear to my heart. And this podcast in particular, I noticed that all over social media, a lot of people that I follow and not even like our typical normal Star Trek friends I saw about four different people starting their first time watch or their rewatch of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I found this to be very, very fascinating that it was happening all at the same time. It felt like the prophets were sending a message almost for people to start watching Deep Space Nine. Um, have you ever seen that before where you have People that you know, people in your life where they start watching Star Trek and the next thing you know, somebody else is watching Star Trek and it all kind of converges and happens at the same time. Yeah, you know, I have seen that happen before, especially in like an online community like that. Like you you just you see one person post about it and then it's almost like a domino effect that you sit there and go, oh. I haven't watched that in a while. Maybe I should watch that. And to be completely honest, I have done the same thing <laughs> for the past few weeks, except for it's actually not about Star Trek. And, oh, I know this might be a little bit like, we don't talk about this, but we're all sci-fi fans here. And Babylon 5 came out about the same time as Deep Space Nine. And I've seen a lot of people on my feed watching Babylon 5 right now because they recently remastered the series and put it on HBO Max for streaming uh, before it hasn't been in a lot of places to, for streamers to watch. So there's a lot of people watching it for the very first time. And I just went back to to when I first watched it for the very first time a few years ago and was just reminded of how much I loved it when I watched it and watching 
all of my friends watching it for the very first time once again reminded me of how much I loved it. And I had to watch it again because I actually bought the entire series. Um, That's how much I loved it. (laughs) So I think it is just kind of a domino effect, especially if it's something that you really love. You see people talking about it and you just want to revisit it along with them. Isn't it funny how we're talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine in Babylon 5? It's kind of like how some things never change. <laughs> it is. They just go together, man. It's they, not they something do. that you should like. It's not something that is meant to butt heads, even though they did kind of butt heads when they were on the air. They go together. They are two entirely separate shows, but, you know, they, they have similar concepts and similar ideas and they tackle some of the similar issues. They just go together. Uh, for me, Babylon 5 was one of those shows that uh, was in my mom's sci-fi periphery. I got a lot of my interest from sci-fi from my mother. That was our mother-son time growing up as a kid. And Babylon 5 was one of those shows that we watched. Uh, she watched a lot. I watched a little bit of. Uh, I was really definitely more into Deep Space Nine, even as a kid. And I've always known that they went together. I, I did not find out the connections and correlations between the two shows until much later. And uh, just to deviate a little bit further before we go into uh, what we're going to talk about in old business, uh, you mentioned HBO Max. And lately I have been watching something uh, from my childhood that has been very near and dear to my heart uh, in the same way and that is the dc animated universe and i've been seeing so much uh, about hbo max and and i remember when i first saw the news about hbo max what sold me on it was getting to see all of the dc animated series uh seeing batman the animated series batman beyond superman and the list goes on. So I would recommend for everyone out there when you're when you're done or you're taking a break from your binge of Babylon Five, go ahead and put in like an episode of Justice League. There, it's only like it's a thirty minute series unless it's a multi parter or or Superman or or Batman the animated series or Batman Beyond. Yeah, HBO Max has so much of the great DC animation that. It really can't be beat, man. I I love the DC animated universe more than most things in fiction. So now, yeah, two I thumbs up for HBO Max. Here. Of course, I gotta throw this out here because you're bringing up the DC animated universe, and I gotta connect it back to Star Trek. Did you see the announcement this week? Oh yes, yes. Anson Mount voicing Batman. Did I put that in the doc? I could have sworn I put that in the dock, Heather, but yeah. I didn't. But yeah, uh, folks, everybody out there, uh, Anson Mount, our, our boy Anson Mount, is going to be voicing Batman in an upcoming DC animated film. And that is just super cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other words to describe it. It's just cool. I think he'd be a pretty good Batman in real life, too. He'd be a good Batman. He'd be a good Bruce Wayne, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's... Yeah. 
And if there's one thing I love, going all the way back to when I started hearing Michael Dorn on Gargoyles and Marina Sirtis, mm-hmm. is seeing Star Trek actors doing voice work. It's going to be for the uh, Anson Mount is going to be Batman in the Injustice animated movie. Uh, I don't know if this will be based on the Fantastic Injustice games or a comic book, uh, a DC comic book that I'm not familiar with, but I, I feel like Anson Mount as Bruce Wayne and Batman is a pretty, pretty inspired, interesting choice. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I love all things DC animation and Warner Brothers animation. I'm I'm so down. I'm so down. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, okay, so continuing on with the old business of the day. Uh, Heather, you brought this one to my attention, and I thought it was a fantastic idea, and it made for a great rewatch. So, Heather, you have the con. So, um, okay. <laughs> I didn't actually... I, I should have gone back and looked and see what exactly date this fell on but it was somewhere in the past week or so that it was the fifth anniversary of the release of star trek beyond which is the third kelvin verse movie as we like to call it um and i just thought it would be a great discussion for both of us to rewatch and talk about star trek beyond because i i personally I love the Kelvin movies. I love all three of them. Yes, I said it. <laughs> but we're not talking about that middle one today. We're talking no, about we're Beyond, not. which I do think it, it is personally my favorite out of all three of them. Um, I, I have things that I enjoy about Into Darkness and uh, Star Trek 09 is just classic. But Beyond is just a really cool um, exploration story about – uh, being out there in the wilderness of space and dealing with things on your own and meeting new people and the the impact that has on you and things like that. And, and one of the best things I really love about each and every one of the Kelvin movies is I think they are cast phenomenally. The actors that they cast to play these original series characters uh, – I I mean, whoever cast these films, the casting directors like deserve awards because they very much channel the not just the original characters, but the original actors that played them. I mean, especially when you look at Carl Urban as Bones. I I mean, I've heard so many people who literally just think like he he has completely embodied (laughs) DeForest Kelly. That's me. I <laughs> I absolutely love Carl Urban and just about everything he's ever done. And when I heard that he was going to be Dr. McCoy, uh, and also hearing he was a lifelong Trekkie, uh, for me it was like, oh, he's gonna kill it. He's gonna be fine. And that that is one thing. I really think by the third movie, the major cast members really made the characters their own. Uh, I, I loved Simon Pegg as Montgomery Scotty, as he's called in this one. 
again, Carl Urban. And I really think that in this movie in particular, Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine really made their characters. I thought Chris Pine was absolutely fantastic as James Kirk in this movie. I thought Zachary Quinto was fantastic as Spock in this movie. I thought Zoe Saldana as Lieutenant Uhura was really good. Uh, John Cho as Sulu had some really cool moments. Uh, I, I, I just remember thinking when I was watching it yesterday that this movie wastes no time. And it just reminded me that there are people out there that say Star Trek or New Trek has too much action in it. Well, too bad. Because in the first act of this movie, there's so much action and it is so cool. And you see, you see the Enterprise get wrecked almost right away. And that just tells you, oh, this is going to be. This is going to be wild. And this movie, uh, Star Trek Beyond, felt in so many ways so much like an episode of the original series. There was exploration. There was a planet. There was mystery. There was investigation. And in so many and there was really evil antagonist. There was a, a bad guy that they had to stop. And it just felt like a really complete movie from start to finish. Uh, I do think that this was the best of the three Calvin movies. Uh, and I feel like it could have everything you would want. It had great character moments for all of the characters. It had public enemy and the beastie boys with the callback to the first movie with <laughs> sabotage. And it had maybe yeah. my favorite line in a Star Trek movie from John Cho with the, are you kidding me, sir? Just <laughs> that little moment of Sulu saying, of course I can pilot it. And I've always said that for these movies, John Cho as Sulu really shined for me. Uh, because there were moments in all three movies and this one as well, where you really saw that idea of, Sulu is absolutely going to be a captain one day. You yeah. saw that here. And you saw that in all of these movies. And the action was strong. The action and, and the effects and the visuals and how you saw the Yorktown station. The Yorktown station was unbelievable, even now. And just visually, this movie was so beautiful. And... The aliens were also very menacing and they looked different and they looked nothing like anything else. And Idris Elba put in a really strong performance in the first act and the second act where uh, he kind of almost got his human face back and you really saw just how tormented and broken he was underneath yeah. all of that. And, Chris Pine, to his credit, really held his own. Uh, I think this, for me, for all of the movies that I've seen Chris Pine in, this movie was his star-making performance, in my opinion. I, I feel like just... I really like this movie a lot. Uh, when I was on Confer Culture a couple of weeks ago, I think I had Star Trek Beyond in my top five. I think it was my number five or number four in Star Trek films. Yeah, I, I I mean, 
I, I'm the type of person, I can't rank Star Trek films. I really can't because it would change on a daily basis. But uh, Star Trek Beyond is, is definitely up there. Um, it, it is my favorite out of all the Kelvin films. It, it's just there, there's something so fun and very Star Trek about it, but all the action piled in there in the first place. Um, I absolutely, I love the music, especially of the Kelvin movies, uh, but I love the the sabotage scene in Star Trek Beyond. It's one of my favorite scenes in any movie, um, just because seeing all those ships destroyed like that and to the music, it's just perfection. But I really love Michael, uh, Michael, I hate his name. I'm going to butcher it. Giacchino? Michael Giacchino, I believe. Yes, yes. Michael Giacchino's score for the Kelvin movies. Um, It's something that really, he created such a unique theme like most uh, action movies like Star Wars and Marvel have like specific themes that go along with it. And when you think of Star Trek, you think of like the, the series themes. Uh, but he created a, a theme to go through all three of these Kelvin movies that when I hear that music, I think of Star Trek now, <laughs> you know, like when you hear like the Star Wars thing, you, 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 you think of Star Wars. When you hear the Marvel theme, you think of Marvel. When I hear Enterprising Young Men, I think of Star Trek. And I, it, I can't help but gush about these movies. I really can't. I also want to mention, because we haven't talked about her yet, Jayla is phenomenal, and we deserve to see more of Sofia Butella as Jayla. No matter what they decide to do, whether it's make more Kelvin universe movies or not, you can find some way to have Jayla as a character show up in the Star Trek universe again because she was fantastic, and we deserve to see more than what we saw of her in just that one movie. I completely agree. Uh, I do think that she really made the movie that much better. And I think bringing her back would be something that people would welcome. Absolutely. Uh, if there's a story with her, I would look forward to it. Uh, I would have no problem with that at all. Uh, they can always have a little call back with her and Scotty. That, that was a lot of fun. Uh, her yeah. and Scotty were a lot of fun together. Uh, and I also like that they made Jayla an alien character. Like she wasn't completely used to humans. And that always works really well with Star Trek because you see the idea of us and new life and new civilizations working to find a common understanding of one another. And that, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. One, one more thing for me, Heather, I absolutely loved at the very end of the movie where they say space, the final frontier, and it's every member of the cast. It's every member of the crew that just, that really got me. That, that, you know, that the captain's oath, no matter who's reciting it at this point, because, uh, 
they've done it throughout a lot of the series now. Um, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things that really like touches you as a fan and you hear that and you just go, Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that's Star Trek. That, that's the show that I love. You know, that is, that is my fandom. Like you just, you hear those words and you just beam with pride hearing your, your favorite characters recite those words. It, it's something really special. Do you think we're getting another Kelvin movie, Heather? <sighs> you know, I hate speculating on that. <laughs> I, I really do because there's been so many rumors back and forth. Um, I would love to, I, I would have no issues in seeing them again because like I said, they, they cast that entire cast extremely well. And I believe that the Kelvin movies are very well done. And so as long as they put together a good story, I would have no issues in seeing them again. Whether we will, I don't know. But I, I, I have no issues with it. I, I would love to revisit those characters. I have seen all three of the Kelvin movies on their opening weekend in the theaters. And if we get another one, I would absolutely be there again. Uh, but that is for another day. And we're going to talk about today with new business. And it's, it's getting closer, Heather. It's, it's <laughs> just like in Star Trek Beyond, the, the repairs are almost done and we're just about to come out of space duck. Uh, San Diego Comic Con at home happened recently. And we got uh, a more animation-focused uh, panel from Star Trek at San Diego Comic-Con. We got uh, our first extended trailer for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. Uh, this was... I, I love Lower Decks so much. It's just... It's so... It's so absurdly fun. Like it's got action, it's got adventure, it's got Will Riker, it's got Boimler screaming, it's got a cameo from Tom Paris <laughs> and Jeffrey Combs. My goodness. It's got a Tamarian. It's got a Tamarian. The Starfleet officer. And I was reading, uh, I believe it was, um, Jeez, what is his name? Mike McMahon, uh, who said that the Packlids will be back again, too. So it's official, everybody. The Packlids are the bad guys of Lower Decks. And yep. I love that. I love it. Like with TNG and the Romulans or the original series and the Klingons. And the fact that it's the Packlids is so perfect for Lower Decks. It's just perfect. I'm so into this show, Heather, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as especially watching that trailer, it, it just got me so excited all over again to just have new Star Trek, and I, I, and obviously, I don't think this is something planned. It's just something that happened with the pandemic and everything. But to have our new Star Trek, hey, we finally got new Star Trek back focus, B 
be a show like Lower Decks is just such a fun way to get excited about seeing new Star Trek on a regular basis, you know? It, it, it's just, um, there was one thing that Mike McMahon said during that panel, and he's just like, you know, we've found, in, in making the show, we found the one thing that Star Trek fans really want, and that's just to sit around and hang around on a ship and be a fan. <laughs> and that's what Lower Decks embraces in every single episode is just the casualness of being a Star Trek fan. And uh, it, it's something that makes the show really special. But also with the panel from the Comic-Con, we got a first good long look at what will eventually be Star Trek Prodigy on Nickelodeon. Yes. This, this gets more and more exciting because it feels in so many ways like a big unknown. Because when I watched this trailer... I just remember thinking, this is so unique and so different to Star Trek. Like, in many ways, it is, it's a side story from the rest of the Star Trek universe. But at the same time, it's a really good gateway. I keep saying this. And just the fact that Kate Mulgrew is there guiding these characters. Uh, and we have a ship now. We have a Federation starship. Uh, it is the USS Protostar. And these kids are looking to escape from a mining planet and will use the USS Protostar to find their way with the guidance of the command hologram Janeway. And... It really does seem cool. I just, when I first watched that trailer for Prodigy, like, I got chills watching it. It's an entirely different type of animation than Lower Decks, but it, it it's, like, the trailer just looked so colorful and beautiful and just uh, imaginative and each and every one of these characters uh, these kids feel like that and even Mulgrew said herself when she started talking about command hologram Janeway she said she's devastatingly beautiful and I'm like yes honey <laughs> you said it <laughs> You are beautiful. Um, yeah, just the the whole s cinematic scheme of Prodigy just feels really beautiful and open-minded and imaginative to me. And I, I, I keep getting more excited the more I see about the show. Uh, so I started from, oh, okay, yeah, I'll check it out, to I, I really can't wait to see this. I cannot wait to see what they do. Um, it, it, it's going to be something really unique and special, I think. And I love that it will be on Nickelodeon. Because they've said many times that even though it will be on Nickelodeon, 
it will be done with everyone in mind, whether it's kids, adults, Trekkies, non-Trekkies, everyone in between. And I got to tell you, when I watched the trailer for for Prodigy and I heard the old music cue, there was just something like in my heart that just lit up because hearing the Star Trek theme uh, is just timeless no matter what. And I, I hope that parents out there or, or anyone that is curious about Star Trek at all sees Prodigy and maybe it catches their attention. And I, I, I hope, I hope it's great. I hope it's great. I hope kids are inspired to check out Star Trek. I hope uh, non-Trekkies get a little curious and, I'm really hopeful, which is kind of the idea with Star Trek. Uh, I'm really hopeful that this will be the gateway series that Star Trek has needed for a while. I think that this will maybe be a pretty good gateway into Star Trek for a lot of people. Yeah, I I just got to give a shout out to whoever edited that trailer, because when you hear that Star Trek cue at the end and then Janeway's voice on top of it because you don't even see her in the entire trailer you see the other characters they introduce you to but you only hear Janeway's voice that is what completely gave me chills I'm just like oh yes <laughs> I'm so ready for this um, it, 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 it has the potential to be something very very unique and special and uh i i I just i can't wait to see it i can't wait to see it give me a premiere date i can't wait (laughs) right it's gonna be good we need these premiere dates already give us the premiere dates like we know discovery just wrapped up season four we know strange new worlds just wrapped up season one and we know prodigy's coming soon give us the premiere dates please yeah uh but you know, just think, we're going to be close to, I don't know, maybe like 45 weeks of Trek before we know it. I'm telling you, like, everybody thinks, oh, no. Like, they're not going to run back to back like that. They're going to run back to back like that. Because, I mean, 10 weeks starting on August the 12th. Cause there's 10 episodes of... Lower deck season two, that into the end of September, beginning of October, which would be fall. <laughs> which they would say be... Prodigy is premiering in fall. <laughs> which would? When did Discovery season three come out last year? Wasn't it around the fall? I think it was October. Yeah, it was the beginning yeah. of October. Yeah. Oh, that that would really be something to have potentially, because they've said it will be 2021 for Prodigy and I think Discovery, I think. They've said Prodigy is definitely the fall of 2021. Discovery is the end of 2021. So I honestly think that Prodigy is going to line up beginning of October when Lower Decks ends. And then Discovery is going to fall and premiere the end of December, which is still technically 2021. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> when 
a prodigy ends. So we're going to line them all up in a row and just keep having a new episode of Star Trek every single week. We could potentially have new Star Trek from August into 2022 and continuing on. How great is that? We could honestly potentially have new Star Trek from August until at least May of 2022. Yes, 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 yes. If if Strange New Worlds or Picard falls right after uh, Discovery and, and yeah, just like I said, line them up. Keep them coming. Just, just we are t- ready. We'll take it all. My, my Paramount Plus subscription is up to date and ready to go. Just, just give mm-hmm. me. I'm ready. Uh, you know what else I'm ready for? Mission Chicago 2022. Oh man, this, I, I'm, I'm literally in the gym about every day to make sure I fit into my cosplay for. T- from Mission Chicago in 2022. That's not a joke. Uh, and the first guests have been announced. Uh, first is Will Wheaton. Second is Michelle Hurd. Yay! And of course, the queen herself, Kate Mulgrew. Uh, Michelle Hurd's going to be there. Heather, I'm excited. I want to meet Michelle Hurd. I'm excited. Yeah, I I mean I am super excited. Um I it, it's one of those things I try not too excited about guests cuz especially for a start con I know I'm going to want to meet all of them and I know my bank account is not going to allow me <laughs> to meet all of them. So it, it it's one of those things I have to kind of Choose and I gotta admit to you, David, Kate Mulgrew is at the top of that list. So that, knowing yeah, for certain she's absolutely. gonna be there, absolutely. Um, yeah, Janeway is is so special to, me. and she is number one. And, and I can't wait to meet Kate. That that's oh, I can't even think about it. I get too nervous. <laughs> but, yeah. Kate's definitely at the top of that list. Uh, Michelle would be on that list somewhere. Um, also because being a huge SVU fan, like a total Star Trek SVU connection there, I would love to meet Michelle if I had the opportunity, but I could talk Kate's to Kate Mulgrew. One. I could talk to Kate Mulgrew about infinity train, man. Jeez. <laughs> yes. And actually, Kate Mulgrew has guest starred on SVU, too. (laughs) Has she? Has she? Yes. That is is so cool. That is so cool. And, God, this is... We're excited for this one, folks. We're excited. Uh, And barring the end of the world, we're going to be at Mission Chicago in 2022. And for a convention of this magnitude, the ticket packages, or as I say from the anime side of things, the convention badges are fairly reasonable so far. Uh, Let me pull this link up and let me just make sure that, yeah, I was looking at these. 
Uh, one day general admission, sixty-five dollars, thirty-five for kids, and a three-day at one fifty-five. For a convention of this size and magnitude of this franchise, and you know, these are going to be A-list guests, like A-list, A-list guests. That's pretty reasonable. I mean, of course, if you want to be a big baller and get the $750 VIP package, then go ahead, go nuts. But in my opinion, someone who's been to a lot of conventions of varying size and, and scope, this is actually pretty reasonable, in my opinion. 155 for a three-day package is pretty reasonable, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was actually, I was expecting it to be more, to be honest. Um, because, like, in comparison to that, the Star Trek Las Vegas, uh, which is five days, so it is two extra days. But isn't it like three sixty five yeah. for a five day pass? Yeah. So that's literally more than twice that <laughs> for just two extra days. So expecting for this to be the brand new official Star Trek convention for it to be more than that price. I was very impressed looking at the pricing. Uh, because that's incredibly reasonable, and I, I am definitely planning to be there. I know I've gone back and forth on the uh, creation shows in New Jersey or Florida, and um, I'm honestly probably not going to end up doing that this year, especially since there's a con coming to Columbus about a month and a half later. Uh, so I'm going to Instead, but I am planning on being in Chicago in April. Those are definitely prices I can afford to go, and I, I, I just, I, I really cannot wait to experience my first official Star Trek convention. Yes, yeah, um, same. It, 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 it's going to be exciting just to the amount of guests that are going to be there. Um, I love going to panels at conventions to just listen to them tell stories and talk about their new projects and things like that. Um, and I just, I can't wait to meet the, like the, the rest of our Star Trek family, our Star Trek Twitter family. Um, so many people that I've become very good friends with online that I have Never had the chance to meet in person. I will hopefully get to meet them in Chicago. And I, I, I'm really excited for that. I, I think that's one of the best things about convention is just meeting fellow fans and, and getting to revel in your own fandom for the weekend. And it, it's, oh, man, I'm so excited. It's going uh, to be so much fun. I will tell you, Heather, and I will tell... Uh, our listeners that going to a convention where you know you are going to have people there that you know and and you get along with is an incredible high and this is going to be an environment that is it's going to feel that way it's going to feel like an incredible high uh, this will be my first official Star Trek convention. There are some other conventions that I have been to that are unofficial Star Trek conventions. Like, there'll be an anime con that will have a very large Star Trek contingent. 
And for this to be specifically Star Trek, oh god, man, I, I am, I am ready to explode. Um, not just of going to conventions again and having that social experience with like-minded people and celebrating fandom and community and this franchise that we all love so much. Just being out and going somewhere and uh, I'll be able to drive to Chicago and just I'm so jazzed that this is going to be so awesome. I, I, I feel it in my bones that Star Trek Mission Chicago is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I can't wait to see you all there because <laughs> I'm going to be on the aforementioned high and I will be buying drinks. Mark it down. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I already have a list. You owe me at least like two or three so far. Done. So. <laughs> I will be buying drinks. And if I'm not, the drinks are on John from Trek Profiles. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, John. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. That's it. That that's that's a lot, Heather. That's a lot. We're we're getting closer. We're getting closer. So let's let's wrap this episode up uh and get out of here and and let the the excitement build. Uh, thank you all for listening to episode 34 of Promenade Merchants. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for episode 35, uh, with a guest. Uh, this gentleman, uh, invited me on his podcast, Confer Culture. So I decided to do a little bit of podcast diplomatic relations and we will have Chris Murphy from Confer Culture on for episode 35. So, Stick around for that. Uh, got a brand new guest in the rotation. Looking forward to it. Uh, Heather, tell everybody what you got going on. Do you have that SVU podcast going yet? No, not yet. I know. Still working on that, but I'm possibly working because I mentioned my love for Babylon 5 earlier. I'm possibly working on a little podcast series about Babylon 5 that we might end up recording uh, in the fall. So that would be kind of fun. So, yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to our next episode because this is the first guest I've never met before. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of mine. Finds all the guests. It's one of mine. <laughs> so this is the first guest I've never met before. I'm excited to meet Chris and talk about Star Trek. And we're actually going to be recording our next episode in three weeks because two weeks is my birthday weekend. But that way we will be able to talk about the premiere Lower Decks season two on episode 35. New Star Trek on our next episode. It's going to be Until next time, everybody, get hype. New Star Trek is coming.